Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, Road to Growth listeners. Today, I have Tim Brown. If you're watching us live, he has a huge smile on. If you listen to us, maybe you'll hear it in his uh, voice. He is the CEO of a uh, hook agency. It's a marketing company, SEO, all the fun stuff people get excited about when they're trying to find business out there. Thank you, uh, Tim, for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, so have you always been into, um, I mean, I, I sometimes say sales, sometimes say computer. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing when you're younger, it was more of a sales or a computer or what? What was the situation when you were younger? Yeah. So I, I was kind of into, I was definitely into computers. Uh, and I, I liked like doing like Photoshop and stuff like that when I was younger, I was actually a musician. So I was playing in a band and I was making like videos and graphic design stuff for that. And I found myself kind of getting lost in that work and like enjoying the actual like promotion of the band sometimes more than the actual playing of the music. So as I kind of progressed through my 20s, I, I slowly transitioned over, started making websites for people. Went to I went back to school and finished school for that. Um, and so, yeah, that that was how I kind of came to, you know, marketing and and marketing people's websites. What uh, what did you play uh, when you were in the band? I sang and I played a little bit of uh, keys. And I, I, I thrashed around. I was the guy, I was the front man that jumped around like an idiot and wore weird costumes and stuff like that. So it was fun. So you, you were dancing, singing and playing like the, the, the keyboard in front of you. Is that keys? Right? Yeah. Mostly just dancing and singing. And then every once in a while that I played a, a little bit on like a synthesizer. Oh, wow. What kind of music was that? Uh, we were doing like bluesy kind of psychedelic and a little bit of like hard rock. Okay. So yeah. you like the idea of, I guess, asking for uh, getting people out there, getting people to your concert. I mean, what oh, yeah. was you're talking about pushing it out there, making videos. Yeah. That was kind of like your your jam. Yeah, I think I think the band would have if it was better, it, it would have been a little easier. I think that ultimately if the product's good, you know, it's a little easier to market. We did everything we could, though, and we I tried and failed at a lot of things. Um, and, and I guess all that was just kind of fodder for the, the transition. But yeah, the band was okay. I mean, like, you know, like it's funny. You see so many musicians and bands that are actually pretty good that fail. And it's very, it, it's a very common theme. It's just, um, it is very fun though. So I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went through that long phase, even though, um, yeah, we weren't that good, if I'm honest. <laughs> how, how old are you when you're in the band? Um, I was like, is 22 to 25 kind of range. Okay. Uh, so before that, right. Yeah. Did, were you putting videos out there? Were you going to school? Did you go to college? Who yeah, was uh, younger Tim? Um, younger Tim. I mean, to be honest with you, younger Tim was kind of a piece of shit. I, I love, <laughs> I was like a, um, total partier. And I'm just, I'm not going to go into like that whole thing, but let's just say I'm sober now. And it was a total, like when I was younger, I was a little bit of like a, a loose cannon and, mm -hmm. and definitely came from a, like a very like religious family. So I, I was kind of like this outlier, this person that was like, 
what is he going to do? And so I went through all that. I had that experience and at a certain point just needed to kind of get stuff back on track. And it's kind of hard to go into that without, I don't know if your professional audience wants to hear how, how that all transpired, but I, I definitely had a rock bottom moment. And then I had to essentially reinvent myself. I had to say, Hey, even if I have no friends, I'm going to start this over again. I'm going to try to do the right thing. And it was very difficult for a long time, to be honest with you, uh, especially a young man, 24 years old, trying to come up. Um, it, it made a lot of extra time, you know, like if you take that piece out of the equation, you got a lot of extra time all of a sudden. And that extra time I was painting, I was doing visual stuff, I finished school um, and that and I was able to, you know, my dad told me when I was younger, graphic design isn't a real job, but I made websites and uh, and people started to want those websites and I sold some, like I sold one to like the biggest or one of uh, the cool music venues in town. I like biked there. I didn't have anything, you know, and uh, that whole experience, it really empowered me. And even like going on the road and going to Yellowstone and then I, I sold a website like on the road when I, like I didn't have money. I sold a website to get back home almost, you know, like and and was able to consult with those people, get a check. You know, it was a beautiful experience because I did not feel like I had control before that about my income. I was always in the service industry, you know, like valeting cars and um, bus and tables and stuff like that. So when I found web design, I liked it. People wanted it. They started to give me money. So it, it really is a story of like, how can I, I wanted to be useful to the world. How can I be more useful? And to, for me, the more useful I am, I've seen my income increase. So that's kind of the way I explain it because ultimately, you know, I'm passionate about music, but it's very useful for me to do this web design stuff and help people get to websites and stuff like that. So, yeah, my entrepreneurial journey has really drawn me. How can I be more useful to people? And that's definitely been a big positive shift in my life. And now, you know, obviously being able to employ 15 people at this company and um so it's 16 with me uh and and the the ability to make a positive impact in their lives and some of the clients lives and yeah so we have like 40 50 clients and yeah marketing their websites i'm sorry to skip around a little bit but just to give you kind of like some what it was like what it's like now um and that's been over the last five years because I went out on my own about five years ago. And about three years ago, we were five people. About two years ago, we were 10 people. And then COVID happened, so it was a little slow. It slowed it down a little bit. But um, yeah, it's it, different challenges at different levels of the business. You know, the first thing was just like, how do you get leads? How do you get business? You know, all that. It was like, a lot of effort all the time for getting new business. And as it moved on, I had to figure out how do I keep employees? How do I make a culture that actually is about something substantive? And now I I, I do believe our, our culture has something substantial and is, is good, but it's also like, how do I pay them more? And how do I give them opportunities to lead? And so there's a lot of different challenges that have happened since we started. I would say those are three of the biggest problems I've had. And I, they confront you pretty hard 
especially when you're small as a company because you put your heart and soul into something and then like an employee that you spend a ridiculous amount of time training goes away after one year and you have to say damn <laughs> how do i how do i keep people here how do i make people want to be here how do i make this a place that like changes people's lives in an obvious way you know well so for most businesses, right, it's the idea of planning, right? Not necessarily for today, for tomorrow. I know a lot of the words you're saying kind of like is about the now. Okay, how do I do this now? How to do this now? Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of that stuff, it goes into the idea of planning. Right now, it mm -hmm. sounds like when you were younger, it was more for the now, right? It was like yeah. the party, the scene. And yeah. it was, I mean, just trying to find enough money to, to take care of now. What triggered you or made you change from thinking about the now to think about the future. Do you remember? Yeah, I, dude, I, the first couple of books that I read about like goal setting and stuff like that, one of them was called Think and Grow Rich. I don't know if you're a fan. Um, that was a big one for me. It, it got me to imagine what my ideal life would look like. And I'm not gonna lie, I hit a lot of potholes before I ever got any traction with that. But uh, that was, I've read that book like seven times now. It's both about setting goals and breaking those down into smaller goals. And it's also about kind of using affirmations and belief to kind of increase from my, the way I look at it is like it increases your amount of like consciousness of your ideal state. And, and as long as you are constantly kind of breaking goals down into smaller goals and actually doing them on a rhythmic basis. And you're increasing your consciousness of your ideal state on a regular basis. I think I will always be getting better and I will always be improving as a human. Um, but yeah, I definitely had serious problems that led me to change from thinking about now to future goals. Like for me, it was, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say the, the A word that I have alcoholism. <laughs> so for me, I had serious problems that basically took me down a peg, humbled me, um, and ba basically brought me to my knees. I mean, and I had to, I had to look beyond the now at that point because I was, I was confronted with my own, basically my own mortality, you know? So, I mean, it sounds what extreme, happened? but what's what that? happened? What happened? Okay. Well, I, yeah, I basically just, uh, I basically had a mental breakdown, um, when I was like, you know, 23 or 24 or so I like, I was on a long road trip with a buddy and we had been doing all kinds of substances. And then, um, they found me walking along the road naked on the side of the road and I got put in the psych ward and, um, yeah, I basically like had already kind of toyed with the idea of like, a 12 step program. And in that I decided to kind of re revamp. And so that was about actually only 11 years ago. Um, and I was, yeah, I had to go live with my, my parents. I didn't have anything but like a really shitty car and I had to go live with my parents for like six months. And then I moved in with some sober people and, uh, yeah, it's, it feels like almost like a little too honest to say all that on here, to be honest with you. But I, uh, I'm happy to do it if it helps even one person kind of think about, 
you know, you don't have to go to the lengths that I went to in that rock bottom scenario, but I think anything that kind of like humbles you and helps you kind of look at, you know, where you want to go long-term. I didn't want to keep doing the same things I was doing. And obviously the, the very like specific scenario was just an example of like things that were kind of going wrong in my life up to that point, I think is like, I didn't, I wasn't on average behaving how I wanted to behave. I was incongruent with my, my behavior did not match what my ideal behavior want, I wanted it to be. And so that was kind of like, there was bad friction. And so that was kind of probably part of what led to like a psychological breakdown. This is deep. No, I mean, be honest. I mean, we all have our stories. I mean, I've dealt with, uh, uh, I have an addictive personality. I mean, mm -hmm. I've had friends that have gone down really bad rabbit holes where you're talking about robbing banks and things like that. I mean, I've had really bad yeah. situations. So I know yeah. I fully, I fully appreciate your honesty. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that when you're in those low moments, you, you kind of say, what am I doing with my life? So yeah. I, I can appreciate that. Now, I mean, it's you, just you, not a permanent. That's the other part is like, I hope that what I you know show with my life is that those things don't have to be permanent. If you, if you're down one of those rabbit holes ever. So. Well, it goes into my next question. So you said your parents or your family was religious, right? Yes, sir. Now, when you were in that low moment, were they, because I know when you're in those low moments, sometimes the people you have around you look down upon you instead of looking you in the eye. And yeah. there's a different feeling you get where it's like, I don't want to be judged right now. I want basically help to get to where I want to get to. Were they kind of helping you or were they looking down upon you? Does that make sense? Yeah, if I'm honest, I, I resent I resented more at the time, definitely how much they looked down on me. And I think like mm -hmm. one of those things I think now I, I hope that I help people kind of see is that it was a health problem. It's not yeah. just like I, Tim's a bad person because my behavior now and the things I'm doing now do not demonstrate that like Tim's a bad person. Um, what it demonstrates is Tim had a... a uh, an addiction and that is a health problem and it's it's one of those things where i do wish i could go back but ultimately what i realized long term is like i can't sit there resenting my family because of you know because they're different than me like i have two pastor brothers so oh, wow. you kind of yeah. you can see how it could be more extreme but they were general they're kind of that variety that's a little bit more spiritual and they're loving people but you know like you can feel it you can feel the judgment no matter what um i think no matter what my family um you know even if they weren't super religious could have been judgy just because my behavior was bad um yeah. but yeah it definitely was one of those things where i had to get over that resentment to like move on with my life and not live not live you know just to like for them, I had to, I have to live for me, even, you know, even when it's positive, I can't, I can't do it out of spite, you know? No, it makes sense. And, and then you, so you're, you're with them, then you transition to an, another group or another, another house that yeah. you're staying with friends, right? Yes, sir. Yep. I, I was living with, uh, you know, three people I met in like recovery meetings, um, just kind of going to meetings and like, like I, I was painting and playing music still I was doing the same things it was a good experience because I realized I could do all of that sober and the, the things I did enjoy and then I went to school I was doing a little bit of art classes and and um, decided to go for graphic design and web design um, so 
in that transition, basically, to be honest, my wife now is, was my girlfriend at that time. And she was like, so the music's not that great, bud, but, uh, the, the visual stuff, like I was painting, she was like, that's actually pretty good. And you should do something with that. You should develop that further. It kind of encouraged me to like finish out college and to just, I think that was always kind of the plan, but it kind of encouraged me along that path and to do more visual stuff. And just basically, I also realized at that time or the next year or so, I realized that people would pay me for it. And that helped. Cause then essentially like, if you can do anything for 40 hours a week, like that people need, it just, certainly it's kind of a, a cycle. It's an upward cycle that will push you along that direction because then it's like, Oh, people need this. I'm going to keep on doing it. And then you get better and better. People need this. I'm going to keep on doing it. And then you get better and better. So I feel like that was kind of what I started to experience then with like graphic and web design. Was your, was your business at that time mostly word of mouth or were you advertising? Yeah. Or were you doing? I got a break actually. Um, you know, I think we're all made of some breaks, you know, along the way. At that time, I made a, I made a deal with a local newspaper to do like that also had some magazines to do to auction off my services of a website for advertising. So I did a trade. It's called the Golden mm-hmm. Gavel Auction. And I made that trade. And then the person never ever like made me do the website that I auctioned off, but I got 7,500 bucks in advertising in these magazines. And I got like two or three really good clients, including that like music venue from that. Like, I, I mean, they say print is dead, but I got it from these magazines um, that serve the Minneapolis area. And so how'd you get, how'd you get in contact with that company? The, um, a magazine company originally See, there's so many weird little twists here i was uh-huh. on like a band social media app and i was like playing i went and jammed with this band and the band was one of the guys worked for the newspaper so i was like and that band didn't work out but like just being excited and interested in my my other stuff my hot you know i guess now i consider it my hobby that that got me connected with this newspaper that got me connected with this auction that got me connected with these two awesome clients that essentially proved further proved that i was capable at this and then i started to have a good portfolio of websites and then it started to sell itself a little bit okay so it's starting to sell itself still yeah, it's I mean, only word of mouth yeah words? it was word it was word of mouth and i was definitely social media i was posting on social media i was using my personal facebook um, I was using my my wife, uh, now my wife, my girlfriend at the time was telling people about it. And she was a hairdresser. So I got a couple clients that way. Um, and social media sold me a couple websites and my own personal network. I did try cold calling at that time. I tried um, everything. I, I went and hand, handed out flyers to my neighborhood businesses, like all around Uptown Minnesota. Minneapolis. Um, I was also trying to learn SEO at that time. I was trying to like, you know, make blogs about web design. And I was like, I was adding, I was making blog posts that I wanted 
you know, like I was trying to figure out like, what would I want? Like I would Google fonts and there wasn't any blog posts about like hipster fonts. So I'd like make that, that blog post. And those are the ones that did the best were the ones where I'd like, I wanted something, it wasn't there. So I made it. And then those are the, the blog posts that actually got that first initial traffic over those, you know, those couple of years. I did end up going working for another company after I got done with college. So I was freelancing in college. I had one dramatic moment where I quit the restaurant I was working at. I was doing social media at the, the restaurant I was working at. And I walked out one day because I was like getting yelled at by the chef or something like that. And then I never went back. And, um, you know, basically the only other job I've had since then was, was the marketing agency after uh, college, which I did that for about two and a half years. I worked at another marketing agency. When you um, did that, like give and get kind of thing of like the free advertising yeah. to get that, was that when you were still at the market agency or is that when you're all by your that was before that was before but a lot of like the work some of the projects that i did through that got me this job essentially because they gave me okay. examples of my work that ended up getting me this job which it wasn't like a glamorous job or anything but i i really like as i graduated college like everyone else was getting jobs and i didn't know that i didn't feel super comfortable with the idea of just being an entrepreneurial entrepreneur out of college it made me feel like maybe i was like I wanted to prove that I could get a job. Do you know what I mean? Like it made me feel like I was supposed to get a job. And I'm not mad that I did it, but it is it is an interesting kind of thing that I felt like I had to because it felt like legitimizing that I've had a job in, in the marketing agency. I did learn a ton in that job. And essentially, I kind of recommend it for somebody coming out of college to get a couple, you know, couple years in at a job before they start their own business at least that's my that would be my take but when did you know that your your solo business was strong enough for you yeah. to leave the market agency yeah so i had gotten my recurring revenue so i was doing this on the side i learned seo a lot from that agency if i'm honest they had like people that were really good at it and so i just kind of like saddled up to them and learned from him um and I, I was researching on my own. I was doing experiments on my own and I was trying to rank my website for local terms like Minneapolis web design and Minneapolis SEO. I've since moved on to like be really focused on like home services and construction and stuff like that. But at the time I was really going after just Minneapolis. And so as a, what was the question again? I want to make sure I hit it. Uh, when do you know it was yeah. the right time for you to leave a marketing seat in yeah. your business for once. So I had a hustle buddy that I had gotten to work at that company who was also very good at SEO. And I wanted to learn from him too. So I was learning from him. Him and I would go on walks every day around the pond outside of that business and just talk about like at lunch. And we just talk about what we had going on in our own personal like freelance stuff and 20 to 30 hours outside of work. Um, and at this time, mind you, my wife is telling me like, what are you doing this extra stuff for? You know, like you don't need to just sit there blogging. Like it's not real. Come hang out. And I would just be like, I love you, but I really think this is going to turn into something one day. And so him and I would chat my buddy. Um, and I had gotten my freelance recurring revenue. We always talked about like recurring monthly revenue. Even when I had websites, I'd break it down into six months and call it recurring revenue because it was useful to me. 
I got that up to over my salary. So oh. I, so I think I was at like eight to 10 K or something every month of recurring and I had broken it down over six months. Now, a lot of those were projects and I was just kind of using recurring to give me some like sense of um, stability. Yeah. But once I got to that point, I essentially knew it was going to be time to go because I knew that the 40 hours, you know, I was making more in 20 hours than I was making in 40 hours. Mm. You know, it's time to take those other 40 hours and put them towards the thing. <laughs> the thing what did doing. your wife think about that? <clears throat> I think I had been listening to somebody who is very smart on podcasts and stuff like that, that was saying, make sure your spouse is on board. You got to make sure your spouse is on board. Everything's going to be better if your spouse is on board. So I would just like, I slowly brought her to the same conclusion by discussing the, the real financials of the situation and like giving her insight. Like I've got 10 leads coming in on my website every month. So those leads will continue coming in look at this graph, you know, like essentially making the case for this is why this is going to be good and it's going to be scary and I'm going to be weird, but it's going to be good. And so, yeah, it was a December 6th in 2016. And honestly, I'd, I'd given my employer, I guess that that was a big moment. Like I gave my employer word that I was going to be there for a month. At a certain point, we decided I got all my stuff done. I could leave after three weeks. I was excited because I had had this little office. I felt better with an office just away from my home. Um, so I went and like, I was just very excited. I wanted to get in that office and hang out in that office, even though I didn't have that much to do yet. Cause like I got 40 extra hours a week. It was crazy for like six months, like to have that much extra time. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just doing I spent all that extra time just on marketing myself and I started to sell cause I knew, I knew it was a good business model from them that SEO was a good business model. So I started to sell that to people that wanted, I had two clients on that already, but I started to sell that more. I tweeted about it. I did, I did crazy stuff, man. I did weird growth hacks. I'd like get auto likers on my tweets. And honestly, it was funny. Like everyone hates on growth hacks. But like I sold business that way. I like tweeted it and then I did auto likes on it. And then somebody converted on that page that day and then and then became a, a really good client for two or three years. Like I have done things that like were like kind of weird growth hacky, but they they created business. I did everything, man. I, that first year I got a tattoo on my leg that was like for a company and I got three thousand dollars in credit from them. And so like I did, like I, I was like very scrappy, you know what I mean? Like, and for me, that was really important because that gave me enough in that first year. So I got to 360 K in that first year to hire my wife. And so the funny thing was, that's a good story because she left her business. It was a big corporate company. Um, she wasn't making a ton of money, so it wasn't, it was kind of a no brainer. I was like, dude, if you're an admin for me, we can pay more than that. Let's do this. Um, and she, and like the next week or in the next week or two, they laid off her whole department. Oh, wow. So to me, that anecdote kind of just says like, you think corporate is safe too. 
you don't, you know, you think of entrepreneurship is scary and freaky and all that. And you think of corporate is safe, but then they lay people off and drove sometimes too. So ultimately it was just like one of those like risk pays off moments. And we've had a lot what, of those. Since then. What do you think in that first year? And maybe even now was driving you to do those crazy things. So yeah. as you call them, those hacks. Yeah. I ego, <laughs> um, ego, and just like I had seen some of it work. You see what works. You see random things that work, and you t like from my point of view, it was like take every conceivable advantage that's ethical. You know, like do the things that you don't do anything that you know is wrong, but like take every conceivable advantage that you have, and it's more fun that way. You know, I always thought like, you know, failure is hard. You know, like, you know, like hitting your face against the gravel is hard. You know, like succeeding is really hard. They're both hard. It's basically just choose your hard. You know, like if it's going to be difficult because you don't have money or, you know, it's, it, there's a lot, just too many problems around, I guess, being lazy, then it hurts too. And then on the other side, I do think it's very uncomfortable to like do 60, 70 hours a week, but it's also like, they're both hard. So yeah, to me, it's, <clears throat> that's kind of what drives me. Cause I know it's uncomfortable when I'm lazy too. And I am sometimes. <laughs> um, sometimes it's nice to be a little lazy. Not yeah. I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I'm, I'm not like a workaholic anymore. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Like I'm five years in, I work a little bit less. Um, I've learned to trust my team. I've hired very smart people. Um, but I, I can't lie. I think for me, I wasn't smart enough to get by with working 40 hours a week and seeing massive success. Like, and I'm not saying massive success, but even those first couple of years to hit 360 that first year and to, <clears throat> you know, go up from there, it took 60 or 70 hours a week. You know, and I, I was a little ridiculous with it because I just I didn't want it to be I could have done something and I failed. You know, like I, I just if this is an experiment, this business and it's cool, I guess it feels like it's not an experiment anymore. But if this is an experiment, I don't want it. I don't want the experiment to fail <coughs> when it didn't have to, you know, like I basically feel like. I should do everything I can so I can see whether whether this experiment is going to work. And now I just I don't think I could go back at work for anyone else because I'm too stubborn and I I want too much control. You know. So you've talked about the growth uh, that your company has accomplished over these I mean five years or so. Um, yeah. When you first got it that first year, right? It was three thousand dollars for someone to put a tattoo on you. What's your yeah. cost now? Uh, well, uh, one point seven million. <laughs> oh, one point seven million. Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Now, if you could look back, what do you think has been kind of the the biggest um, kind of hurdles or uh, obstacles you've uh, really had to kind of work through to build your brand? I know we've gone through a lot of the different ones of kind of your own personal uh, journeys, but in building your business, what will you say? Can you kind of paraphrase that one more time for me? What do you think in building a building a brand, building your company? I mean, 
I know for myself, one of the things is when you when you actually hire people, that's been one of my my more difficult things, because uh, I can be a hard worker. Yet when you're guiding people to be a hard worker, that can be difficult. Other people, it's basically the mindset, imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. I mean, for yourself, yeah. what do you think that that was for yourself? Yeah, I agree. That's a big one and kind of building on that, too. Keeping people that are awesome and motivating them, even when they're high achievers, you know, like especially we have some young people that are high achievers. I can see it. <coughs> Sorry, man. Um, we're getting better at hiring, but sometimes high achievers are like impatient and they want to see big something right now. Let's go. Like want to see their their salary go up. They want to see that they're like impatient with their their coworkers, you know, like let's go. And it's kind of like helping them see where it can go. Like basically helping them see the vision for their personal career, what's possible and making sure that you're helping them get there. I think that's definitely part of what's difficult about it. Do you think you would hire yourself, the one that was coming right out of college? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you would have. Oh, yeah, I'd hire myself. I mean, I was just like, you know, the kind of guy that gets stuff done and makes sure that even if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. And I was very motivated. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> no, no, you're pretty fine. Hey, uh, just, you know what? I can tell you're just getting very emotional, Tim. That's where the the, the, the coffee is. Hey, <laughs> now, if we were talking, let's say in, in five years from now, where's Tim going to be? Where's your agency going to be? Um, the agency is going to be really helping contractors modernize their marketing, home services businesses, modernize their marketing. I think we're going to be making a dent in a broader fashion of some type. I think it's either going to be like putting some people through like, con like contractors, trade workers through like a scholarship or something. We're going to be promoting the idea of the trades and home services in a broader way, legitimizing it, making it look cool. And we're going to have a team of ridiculously productive marketers that are making above average money working here because we've got systems to provide like that make value beyond just the people's time we've got we've, we're creating either some software or you know we've got a couple of things in the works that are like tools for leverage that that help us be more productive than your average company any last words that you want to throw out? i appreciate you being on here today any last words you want yeah. to throw out to anyone listening yeah just I think my biggest thing that I think is like a gross hack, but ultimately like just a really good mindset thing is make sure that you, when you, when you get hit, when something seems negative, when something, when you have, there's a drawback of some type in your life or business, look at it as like, if this ends up being a positive thing, what will I've done? How can I double down in a way that makes this end up being a positive thing? How can you turn a, a negative to a positive? I mean, 
Yeah, and I, I I appreciate you, Tim. I think you were a little reluctant to to tell your your, your story when we when we first started going, but I, I just never it. know. I never know how people how deep people want to go. I like talking. I love talking about. It. I'll talk to you about like whatever, but I just never know how deep somebody wants to go because I think some people there is a stigma. So some some people will be like, if we, if we out this guy as an alcoholic, um, well, people trust him on the business side of things. But I'm I'm definitely grateful to be able to chat about that anytime I can. Cause certainly if you ever need any help with that, say what's up. I'll chat with you about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've had people on here and you can tell that they're, they're telling they're fake where they go, Oh, nothing's ever gone wrong. Everything's yeah. true. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are out there. You've gone through some sort of issues. It could be with work. It could be personal. It could be whatever it might be. But I think for, for most people listening and I know myself included, when I feel someone's being real, it makes the things you're going through that much easier to kind of push through. Mm -hmm. So hopefully people listening right now can relate to, to Tim, relate to his journey and, and realize he's a different person than he was then. And that's why he's able to help so many people get to where they want to get to in, um, yeah, in, in life. So thank you, Tim, for being here. So if someone's listening and they want to hear more about you or connect with you, what's the best way? Yeah, so Hook Agency all over social media, but also Tim Brown, Hook Agency. If you just throw that into LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So say what's Perfect. up to me on there. Perfect. Well, thank you, guys. Please subscribe, please share, and go follow Tim. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.